Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie. And of course, that makes this Circles and Squares a PlayStation podcast. And Kate, can you believe somehow we're already doing our fifth episode? I know. And the craziest part is like people are actually listening. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, it's a really cool thing. You know, it's, this is our first, for those that don't know, the first four episodes were recorded um, kind of in bulk so we could have a bit of a, you know, a catalog of episodes for listeners when we were just releasing our show. But this is the first one we've actually been together to record since those episodes came out. And it's pretty cool to have seen the the reception and like people seem to, to like what we've done so far. Yeah, we're absolutely humbled by everyone who's been listening. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well. Honestly, we, I mean, it's not like we're hitting the big times right now or anything, but seriously, like we've had a lot more than I've anticipated, you know, in terms of reception. So like, thank you all very, very very, very much for listening and uh, supporting us however you do. Excited to do number five? Very excited to do number five. And five is the perfect uh, episode number for today as well, because I have amazing news for everybody. I finished Persona 5. Wow. You know, like this is this is a good episode for that, you know, because I also finished Final Fantasy 7. Yes. And I, remake. I think coincidentally we finished it on the same night. No, we did. It's, it's funny because I was <laughs> I think I was texting you like because I always text you for Persona updates, right? It's yes, like, I wonder how Kate's doing in Persona like every few days. And then it's, it just happened to be the same night you were like, I think I'm going to beat it. And I was in the middle of like one of the final chapters of Final Fantasy and it was getting late. But I was like, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to beat Final Fantasy 2. <laughs> and it's like, it was kind of a cool, the stars aligned, you might mm-hmm. say. It was it was one magical Thursday evening, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to get to those games in just a second. But before we do, the show today is going to be the games we've been playing for the first segment. Uh, we're then going to get into a news summary for the big two, the two big state of plays that Sony's done recently. Um, just if last time the Ghost of Tsushima did their big state of play reveal just the day after we recorded our last episode. So we missed that then. We're going to go over it uh, this show. And then also um, The Last of Us 2 had its final showing as well with a state of play just today, actually. We uh, we just watched it before starting to record. And then for the third segment, Kate, um, you gave me a quiz a few episodes ago, which was phenomenal. And I don't know if I'll top it, but I do have one prepared for you uh, to see if you can try and beat my score. So I'm excited to give you that later on. Thank you. I've been anticipating it all week. <laughs> Me too. And trust me, it was it's tough to make these things, you know, like it's so hard to think like, is this too unfair to ask or is it reasonable? Like, you know, so I, you might get 10 out of 10 or it might be like impossible. I don't yeah, know. There's no in between. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to wait and see. But um, we'll get into that later for now. Kate, how about you tell me about Persona 5? Um, well, it was an absolute behemoth of a game. I clocked in at 117 hours oh, to complete it, which wow. is probably one of the longest playthroughs I've ever done of a game it's gotta be right it was dense but I have to say that it was an absolute masterpiece and I will say it's one of the most consistent games I've ever played in terms of like the quality from where the game started and where the game ended Uh, it's really hard to to talk about this without giving spoilers yeah well it's it's such a story heavy game right yes it's so story driven and and so many of the satisfying conclusions to the game are those story beats that you've been kind of trying to piece together and puzzle out through the entire game there's a lot of mysteries that happen um some of to do with like character identities that don't get revealed to the end or one of the main things in the story is that you you learn at the beginning is that one of your um, companions betrays you mm-hmm. and kind of sells you out. And the game is sort of told from the perspective of like being in the past and you're recounting the ex- escapades right. of the phantom thieves to someone who's interrogating you and then eventually you catch up in present time. Um, so you know from the beginning that someone that's in your party has has sort of like sold you out or right. betrayed you. But you don't know who it is. So you, you kind of spend the entire game with that in the back of your mind and you're trying to like solve that mystery as you go. Yeah, and the game and the game doesn't really give you anything obvious to go on. Like a lot of times partway through a game, you can be like, well, it's definitely this. Like it's so obvious. They've shown me basically. But Persona does a good job of like you may you may play through the game and not even really think about it for the majority, I think. Yeah, it's sort of easy to lose track of. But for me, anyway, it was always in the back of my mind. I was trying to figure it out. And I, I did eventually come to a conclusion and I had a guess in my mind of who I thought it would be. But what was really cool about it that was like, I felt like almost every character, like under the right circumstance, would it could be possible that it was them. Mm-hmm. Like, well, because every character is flawed in some way. Yeah, they're all flawed or like they could have had some kind of like 
given the right context, they could have been pressured into it and like something they would have prioritized over their like loyalty towards you. So I ended up coming up with a guess for one character who ultimately was wrong. Mm -hmm. And it, it ended up being a character that I didn't suspect in the slightest. But then once the reveal happened, it sort of like pieced together all these small clues that you could have gathered or on your second playthrough would, would be you, like a lot more present you. for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So it was really neat. It was It was a great like kind of like big reveal for some of these things where there it was cathartic because it still made sense but it wasn't obvious like some games you know exactly who only that guy's mm-hmm. secretly evil obviously and you see it like 30 hours before it actually gets yeah revealed right well especially you. when it's such a time commitment to get through this game like you'd hate it if the payoff wasn't worth you know the, the time you put in yeah exactly so i i'm I have not, almost nothing but good things to say about this game. I think the style and the theme were amazing. I love the, and I, obviously I don't want to spoil too much, but I love the seven deadly sins motif that played throughout it and all the little like occult uh, references. And it was just so cohesive as a game. Um, the final boss, I will say, was a little bit easier mm-hmm. than I, I anticipated, especially since there's a few fights leading up to it that are I think a lot more challenging. Yeah. Um, so I found the final boss kind of, kind of easy, but at the same time, it was so thematic and like such an absolutely beautiful arena that they gave you. The art style throughout the game is, you know, it's it's, it's, it's so un- stylish, it's unparalleled. It's e- I think. Yeah, I've never seen a game that just has like the sort of like atmosphere and like dripping ooze of style that's so unique. But the final boss kind of like almost had its own style that was different from the rest of the game and it was absolutely gorgeous like I looked at that and like probably didn't even play the final battle for the first like two minutes of it because I just <laughs> listened to the music and looked at the boss and I was like this is like it's something absolutely else, right? yeah. gorgeous it's a spectacle it is and it had some really cool mechanics I thought that sort of like really kept you on your toes throughout the fight so I think that did a good job to mitigate that it wasn't the most challenging but it really was very interesting and actually quite a unique fight compared to a lot of the other bosses. Yeah, I think it, I think it really does stand out compared to like the other stuff, like you said. So it, it's yeah, you know, it's not one of the harder bosses, I think, but it's it's definitely like if you mess up, you're still gonna die. Yeah, exactly. I think like it, it was just fun. Like it was so it was good. I, my only complaint right near the very end is I I think it was a little bit long of an ending. Like they go full. JRPG ridiculous on you at the end which like maybe you should have seen coming but I I sat down to play it and maybe this is partially my fault because maybe I should have just done it in two sittings but I sat down it was maybe like 10 o'clock and I was like okay I'll play it I'll probably be done around midnight I finished and went to bed at 2 30 <laughs> <laughs> so like maybe that was my fault maybe there were some points I could have just like stopped yeah and but when you get that close to the end of, of a game you've enjoyed so much you yeah can't, how do you put it down exactly right? I was like oh like it would just you know one more one more little beat and I'll be done but then it, it kept kind of throwing like here's one more twist here's one more thing to to yes, have to stop yeah. and do before you finish so that was maybe I think all of those individual parts where you you sort of think it's going to be done and then it's not done were all of really good quality but i think maybe it suffered slightly from having too many big like reveals or big you're done just kidding got you like mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. think maybe faked out one too many yeah times, maybe, maybe faked yeah. out maybe one too many times and none of there isn't one in particular i would I would point out and say that's the one they should have gotten rid of, but maybe it sort of just lessened the impact of them by doing it so many mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. No, it's a fair criticism. I mean, especially when you're playing it that late at night and you're kind of like, you don't want it to end, but you're like, yeah. oh, I kind of need to go to bed, you know? Yeah, that was my problem too, because the, the first couple hours started out with like, turn the music up, this is great, I'm so into it. And then the last couple hours were like, oh, this is still amazing, but like, my God, I'm going to be tired yeah, tomorrow. Right. I'm going to regret this tomorrow. <laughs> so that that was sort of a user error. But yeah. for the most part, like I've never played a game so story heavy, finished it, and then thought to myself, should I New Game Plus this? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because it's not like it's going to be very different the second yeah, time through. But exactly. So I, I'm not going to because I have so many other things I want to play. Yeah. But I am going through and YouTubing all of like the, the confidants I didn't max out and all the little like... Yeah, the different personas you didn't see. And yeah, the different, you know, personas yeah. I didn't see and like you know the other endings i didn't get i got the good ending by the way obviously obviously the phantom thieves succeed <laughs> of course of course we stole some hearts and it was great 
I'm glad I'm glad you finally got through it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed uh, Final Fantasy as much as I enjoyed I did, Persona. I did. I did. Just to wrap up the Persona thing, I know we talk about Persona a lot on the show. <laughs> it's a complete coincidence to be the first few episodes we've both been playing some Persona stuff, but um, I think we'll likely do some kind of Persona Five spoiler cast in the future. Maybe once I'm through the Royal or whatnot, but that's way in the future. So if you're not a Persona fan, don't worry. This is kind of the end of the road for Persona for a while, okay? okay but if um, you're not a Persona fan, maybe yeah. if you're not maybe a you fan, need to rethink that in your life. Yeah. And like I agree. Completely. Play some Persona. You know what's on sale on the eShop right now in the US for $7.99 on PS4. Wow, that's... 10, 10 bucks in Canada. I'm sure it's cheap everywhere else, too. Wow. So like you really... If you have any interest in playing that game, like... Just, just buy it. For wow, yourself, buying okay? that game for seven dollars is almost like you're a real thief in real life. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is such Stealing a stealing the deal. heart of the PS4. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, well, um, yeah, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. Finally finished that. But before I talk about it, I just want to go quickly over a couple smaller things I've played. After I beat such a long game, I like to go through and just you know knock out like a couple two-hour little experiences, right? And so one of the things that's yes. been in my backlog just forever is Inside. Um, I loved Limbo back when it came out. I, I don't mm-hmm. even remember what year Limbo was, but it was like old pretty now, old now, yeah. right? And Inside isn't even that new. I think it's what, 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. But um, I went through that game. Like I really enjoyed, I, I love the art style of these games, man. Like mm-hmm. the, the really dark and they're sinister, but they're somehow like... They're somehow hopeful at the same time, right? Yeah, like, right. There's a weird beauty to them. You've played both, right? Have you, uh, have I've you? only played Limbo. Okay. Um, yeah. But Very Inside's been, been on my list, yeah. like you said, for <clears> a long time. Well, they're time. both the same. I think Play Dead Studio, both of them. I, correct me if I'm wrong. But either way, like I just love the... I think they have a proprietary engine actually that they it's like it's a side scroller but it's not quite a hundred percent sideways like it's a little bit into the distance as well you know like just off the plane Mm -hmm. and I just love the the angle at which your character climbs like boxes and platforms and whatnot because it's a little bit askew and it just looks so cool (laughs) and I think that it does such a cool job of like you're really you're very much running in the foreground but things can still happen in the background that interact with you like You'll be running through, at the start of the game, you're going through a forest and you're just heading from left to right and you don't know anything about what's happening, but you're, it becomes clear very early on within like the first minute that you're being chased and tried to, these people are trying to get you Mm -hmm. and you can see them like driving their cars in the distance and then they'll take a, you know, take a turn in the road and they'll start heading towards like the foreground of the screen and they're coming at you, but you're heading from left to right and right. but somehow like the background still influences what you're doing in the foreground with instances like that and i just think it's like a really cool perspective to huh. to have the game like presented in yeah that's a really unique and creative kind of way it to is, interact it with is, the game. Yeah. i'm sure there's lots of games that kind of do it but i think these games are a great example of you know that kind of thing the puzzles are cool um they're not overly hard it wasn't a very challenging game but it's more like the atmosphere right and there's a, there's a really weird twist ending for anyone that's played limbo i or um inside sorry i think limbo had a pretty weird ending too but but um inside definitely is like i i kind of had this grimace on my face as i was finishing the game (laughs) like jesus this is like really off-putting but it was it was like a cool game to play right right okay so something memorable it it was yeah i can see why it was so revered when it came out and i think people really love it's like a you know not a cult hit but it's like people in the industry like really like limbo I th- or um I keep saying limbo I mean inside they really <laughs> like this game and I can totally see why like it's off-putting but I would I would say it's good it's really good um the other one I've been playing was Thomas was alone um I've actually picked it up on this they have like an indie bundle on the PS uh PS4 right now or the Play- PlayStation store and it was like only a few dollars for limbo and a couple other games so I or I'm saying limbo <laughs> Jeez, I'm just lost today man it's okay um, maybe one day we'll actually talk about limbo <laughs> just, yeah maybe <laughs> Um, yeah, Thomas was alone. So I picked it up. Um, it's, it's a really unique game. Like it's, it's literally like a very simple platformer where you just play as shapes and you have to get them to whatever the goal of the level is kind of like a meat boy or like not, not difficult like that, but like the same kind of very short levels Like you just Mm -hmm. solve it and go on to the next one. But the whole crux of the game is like these, these colored shapes that are just you could make it in Microsoft Paint. They they're given these personalities and these names. Like, oh, this this one girl, she's she's you know very tall and she's very embarrassed about it, but she's helping her friends and they they like personalize these basic shapes in a way that you're that's like very right strange. because it's it's centered on the narrator who's sort of like talking about mm-hmm. these shapes as you're mm-hmm. playing, right? Yeah, and providing some kind of storyline to something that really has no story, like. It'd be like trying to apply a story to Tetris as you're playing it, you know, but somehow it works and it's it's quite um, 
it's quite it makes it more interesting like i don't think i'd be playing the game if the narrator wasn't providing these little tidbits for me as i was right going. yeah i remember when that game came out and that's it's one of those examples of, of a game i've owned for like five years and not played but that's exactly what kind of what drew me to it was the idea that like you you start to resonate with these you're like oh i really shapes, like thomas right? well there's one there's a shape named james too and i'm like man like this is my guy right here i don't i don't actually right. like and him what's wrong much. what's wrong with james <laughs> well the problem with james is that he's inverted gravity Oh no! So like James. he's just like Thomas, but he's backwards, and like I guess that says something about me. I don't know, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Either way, Tom, I'm not quite finished. I don't know if I'll like finish it, but I, I just enjoyed playing. I thought I'd mention it here. But mm-hmm. yes, Final Fantasy VII <laughs> remake. Um, for those of you that follow me on Twitter personally, um, I've been doing a top 50 games of all time list, going from 50 to one, and ranking the games that like you know, or my personal top 50 based on whatever factors. If you want to see it, go follow me on Twitter. Um, you can find the link. I'm at jackpot, a, uh, sorry, at J-A-K-K-P-0-T. Um, but this game, even though I just finished it, I ranked it at 34, which is like, I'm, it's kind of, I don't know if it's like, you know, recency bias. You tend to maybe have a different opinion on things. Mm-hmm. As you're more fresh off of them. But I honestly don't think my opinion is going to change. Like this game is really, really good. And it ha- it's not perfect by any sense, but I think like, the story just really grabbed me. And I don't know if it's because maybe it's quite pertinent for, you know, the world kind of today. Like the theme is the theme is very much like environmentalism and having a problem with like some giant corporation that's ruining the environment and doesn't care about the people. They just want to make profit and like propaganda and how how Shinra is making a lot of people perceive them as like they're only helping and nothing bad's happening but then you find out like oh they're experimenting and i'm not saying companies are like doing that in real life but you can it's kind of the nefarious like you know um big big box ceo thing compared to like the general population type of deal Mm -hmm. and i think that that it did a really good job of of almost being a political commentary while also being this like classic rpg and it's 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 pretty cool in that way that's a neat juxtaposition especially because like that that would probably obviously been present in the original game too, but then it's yeah. still so like relevant. Well, that's maybe what, even that's more what blew relevant me away now. about it too, because you're thinking like, yeah, this you know obviously they've made some changes and went more in depth in certain aspects of the story because it's the remake and it's it's only the first portion of the game, so they were able to flesh it out a lot more. But just I mean the the bones of the story are still the same, and the fact that this was the story back when the original came out, I think is like very forward thinking almost, mm-hmm. you know, and and I really enjoyed the story of the game. Um, what I will say about it is that I found I have such a love-hate relationship with the battle system in this game. Mm-hmm. I I I really like it on principle. I think it's really, really cool the way that it's like, you know, I spoke about it last time. I won't go super in depth, how it's kind of like it slows down, but it's also very action focused. Mm-hmm. But my problem with it is, is I found that towards the end of the game, a lot of the enemies just become like big damage sponges. And you just it's not that I'm not playing correctly or not that I'm not using like the optimal spells or you know playing a good like the way I think is is going to be the easiest way to beat this boss but it's just I feel like the fights go on for a long time and so I actually will say that I did something I don't usually do which is I turned the game down to easy for the final four chapters I was growing a little bit tired of these long extended boss fights of which I lost a couple and I had to to restart them a few times and I'm just or, or like a random side quest would happen and I found the battle just got really like just, unnecessarily time consuming just because I would spend so long fighting these enemies with so much health. Mm. So yeah, I yeah. dropped it down and and it it was really easy, probably like way easier than I would have liked it, but I was just so invested in the in the story and the characters and like knowing where the the game was going that I didn't feel the need to like continue brute forcing through it on medium. I knew I could do it. It was like a time saving thing, right? It was just I wanted to get to the end so bad. Right. That wasn't the part that was keeping you motivated to, right, to yeah. play. It was the story and finishing and getting through that and versus like, yeah, that's that's a problem I think a lot of games have. And like, I think you see it a lot of things almost like RPGs can be bad and like shooters can be bad for it where like the difficulty is just like, oh, you have to hit it 15 more times. Yeah, but and like, he's like five headshots to die. It doesn't make you have to consider different options or like different play styles or like kind of like feel like you're doing anything to outsmart the situation right. of the game or like it just is like okay it'll take me an extra five minutes to beat this because i have to use the skill five more times and like right exactly yeah. and, it, and it's like well i'm just waiting for my atb gauge to build enough times where i can use you know 10 more spells yeah. and it'll be dead like, Which, I didn't, like i didn't particularly feel bad about it and i don't think yeah. anyone should ever feel bad about changing a difficulty you know like it's how you're doing it to have fun like if you're whatever is going to give you the most the best experience for you you should do it 
Um, that being said, I don't remember the last time I've actually turned something down, but for this, I was I felt it was quite appropriate. Okay. But anyway, aside from the battle system, I think they did a really... I don't know the reference point to how this was in the original, but they the NPCs seem really realistic in this game in terms of like what they have to say. What they have to say gets very repetitive when you run past the same person <laughs> in the street and they're like, gee, Tifa, you can come over anytime. Like, and the same guy says that any, every time you run past. But like some of the comments, yep. if you take away the repetitiveness, are very much like insightful and kind of things you would expect to hear like on the street in real life if this was the situation, you know? And I really appreciated that. I also really liked the the way the banter between your party members evolves throughout the game. Like like Cloud is a very stoic character. He shows almost no emotion and like at the start of the game he's in it he's like, "Yeah, I'll help you guys out, but like I'm in it for the paycheck," you know? And he, and very much like and and the other characters have their extreme personalities too, at least some of them. And by the end of the game it's like the animosity is almost not there and, and Cloud and Barrett are, are kind of like, oh, I got you, buddy. Like, I'll watch your back. And and they kind of develop this relationship that seems like it happens so gradually that I didn't even notice there was, it wasn't like one chapter Cloud didn't care and then the next chapter he was like, oh, Barrett, I'll help you. Like, good fight. You know, mm-hmm. it just happened. And, and then partway through the game, I was kind of just like, man, these guys really are becoming friends, you know? And it wasn't through cutscenes or anything, it which is how a lot of games do it. It was more through like, little comments they'd make to each other during a battle and stuff if that, of that nature. Right. Like, well, they're running through a dungeon. So, so they, it, they it kind seemed, of like grew alongside the story. Exactly, and as yeah. You I found that really, really cool. Um, the game has a couple fourth wall breaking moments towards the end, or at least I thought so, which I kind of, they were like cheesy laughter. It was, <laughs> there's one section where as you're getting towards the end of the game and it's not really a spoiler at all, but Cloud does this thing or actually it's not even Cloud. I think it was Tifa. I can't remember now, but but they like fight an enemy and then there's she does this cool pose and like looks at the camera in like this total anime style and she's like, she's like, uh, I hope everybody's warmed up or something like that. And it's obviously like, oh, I hope you're warmed up for like the next section of the next remake game and the next remake game, you know? Right. Like I hope you're cute. warmed up because you played this first section, but like, it seems so clear to me that's what they were going for. And there was right. a couple that's instances of stuff like that. Cute. But yeah. It was. There's just and this game is like so style like you know those anime styles where you'll have the all the characters are like there and they're doing their cool poses or or like they, they'll finish a battle and they'll all like pose together. Like this game knows it's stylish, it knows it has good graphics, and it just it just does it. Like at the end of the game, especially, there's two or three scenes where you could like turn the image of their pose into like a boy band or like mm-hmm. a cool poster. Like they're just posed in such a perfect right. way. It's, and I, it's so yeah. so cheesy, but I loved it. It was a great Final Fantasy thing. Like I remember the the most recent one that came out where that was um, Noxus and and his group. Like all yeah. of the memes online jokes were like, "Oh, this Noxus and his boy band as yeah, they exactly, travel right. along." Like, yeah, I mean that game was yeah it was different too. But but this game like just so stylish, right? I loved it up front to back. I think it was. Aside from the few difficulty spikes and like, you know, my gripes with the battling, I think everything else is quite good. I mean, very good. Honestly, it's a great game. And I I think I will actually be going back to it eventually, which is another reason why I didn't feel so bad about turning down the difficulty. Because um, if you go for any of the trophies, there's all there's to beat each chapter on hard is some of the requirements of like getting some of the trophies. So if I go back and beat them on hard, like who cares if my first run of you know, the last few chapters was easy to yeah. start. I mean, so. if, yeah, if that makes you feel better about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I think uh, when it comes to difficulty, you and I have some different. No, different, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm just playing around. I, I think you know? I think it depends on the game, right? Yeah. Like some games, part of part of the gameplay is is the challenge, right? Right. But then some games too, like your focus on the story. There's so many other aspects to it. Like it's difficulty doesn't always matter in a game. And this mm-hmm, seems like the mm-hmm. kind of game where like there's a lot of other factors going on. I'm yeah. just giving you a hard time. No, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Just mostly, uh, you know what? I gave you a pretty hard time about not playing the last of us and all oh, that yet. So God. yeah, so I feel like maybe it's my, my time to get my dues there. Yeah, but I, you well, know, I just want to be honest, right? Like <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and lie to all you, no, of all course, the fans of out course. there. I, there there's, I was trying to think there's definitely a game I've done that before too, where I, I yeah. bumped it down to easy just for the end just to push through but i i don't know i can't remember what game it yeah. was I'll, tr- I'll try to think about well, it what a, whatever the case that's that was my experience but anyway this great game like it's i mean it's one of my favorites of all time already and i i could only see it like staying there for sure so um, we're gonna take a quick break and then join us again after a lovely musical interlude and we'll talk about uh the two giant state of plays that we've had from playstation
All right, everybody, welcome back. We're here for the second part of the show. And of course, that means we're here to talk about the news, which is pretty, pretty cool news day, actually, talking about these two big presentations for two of the biggest games of the year, I think. So um, now, as we will all remember, back on May 14th, there was the um, state of play reveal for the Ghost of Tsushima gameplay trailer. And we both watched that, of course, again, the day after we recorded the podcast. So we'll give our very late kind of impressions now. But Kate, what did you think overall of, of the game? My initial impression of the trailer, and especially because they started out talking about um, sort of like the world and exploration, was just how like I'm so inspired by how beautiful this game is. Like we've had a lot of really nice looking games recently, and yeah, like I mean the end of the console generation, right? Everyone's yeah, this like, is when everyone these puts are, out those banger. These like, are the peak looking. like visual styles, and like we've been playing beautiful games, and like we're gonna talk about The Last of Us soon, which is also gorgeous. But this yeah. game in particular stands out to me as just being like such a beautiful interesting looking world like it's very realistic but then the colors are so vibrant that's and the one thing i noticed so much when i was watching too it's yes. just like the the color palette they've, they've went with in this game is like so appealing yeah like it, it's exaggerated but it still feels like it's got a realistic look to it mm-hmm. so that stood out to me a lot the one thing too at the very beginning uh, they quote like their philosophy for it when they're talking about they want the, you to have a great sense of exploration in the game. And they said, you can't have exploration without curiosity. Mm-hmm. And that that struck me. I don't know, maybe I was feeling a little contemplative when I watched it, but that really like resonated and struck me. And I thought like with that sort of philosophy, like it immediately doubled how interested I was in the game. Yeah. Because like I think that's such a simple but like like fantastic way to think about it right is like you can put all of this stuff in your game and you can populate it with so many things but if the player doesn't feel like they have like a natural reason to want to go explore and do those things it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but then at the same time like you can't just have it barren so like you have to strike that balance between like there's there's content and you but you want your players to have a reason outside of you just telling them go here right or outside and of I, seeing an icon on the map like oh i gotta check this off yeah. because i feel like i need to complete everything yeah exactly so i think i think they've got an absolutely wonderful sort of like baseline for for that and i think they've done a really neat job with the the ui as well like first of all like the actual ui that pops up on your screen um telling you you've reached a certain location looks gorgeous i really like the style they've put but then i also really like they mentioned just some some small subtle directions for you like you'll find a bird sometimes as you're as you're riding through a field and if you follow the bird it will lead you to a point of interest or like mm-hmm. a fox will lead you somewhere so like there are these really interesting visual cues yeah they mentioned smoke signals in the distance as well yeah. you'll see someone's got a fire lit and you can you can think like oh man you know there's a guy over there at a camp or, or something like, yeah I'm gonna check it out and it's exciting that's exciting to me because like i exploration's a big thing i i care about in games like in in dungeon like style games i'll explore every single last inch because i I don't want to miss something but then i also like big exploration games where you know you you want to seek it out for the inch of the map right? yeah like to basically as they explain like i want to explore my curiosity in it and it's nice to know that like this will probably reward me because they've done that intentionally and i think that's really neat like a lot of games do something similar but no 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 the animal aspect of it seemed to me like a really like kind of natural but different way of doing yeah, that I, mean, I totally agree my, my only worry for it would be like how how many hours like this is a big game right like how many yes. hours are you going to play of this how many times is that bird going to swoop down and lead you somewhere you know I, I just yeah it looks really cool in the presentation and I and I'm with you like I think it's a really it's a it's a new way to guide the player where the game wants you to go right because it's it's way better than just seeing like you know, an icon appear in the distance or like checking your map in a big, you know, watchdogs or, you know, one of those big Ubisoft, like open world games kind of where you just, you go through the map and you're checking off the little icons. So it's better, I think in that way, because it is more organic, but I just wonder if it'll get repetitive. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I think it definitely will, will come down to implementation, how often it happens, how satisfying it is to follow those things yeah. versus continuing how, on how your objective. How important the side quests end up being too. Like, I, I know like what it made me think of is, um, and just you, you talking about the potential of it not really being as satisfying as it should be is I was thinking about Red Dead Redemption 2 and there's a lot of like 
organic things that you run into that are non-scripted sequences that's like oh you know like somebody's lost you can take them home or like somebody's getting robbed and you can stop on your way to help them and like these aren't things that show up on your map they just sort of like are integrated into the yeah, game and it just happen. happens as if you were actually sitting yeah. like if actually you were in that world yeah like. exactly like you just happen to come by at the time when someone's in some sort of peril and for the first maybe 10 hours of the game I stopped and did every single one of them because they were interesting and like it was a fun flavorful thing and I'm trying to role play Arthur Morgan I I think like yeah realistically he would stop but then after that first 10-15 hours or so I have not stopped for a single one because they came, became repetitive and like ultimately didn't really lead to any fun or yeah, interesting gameplay well, well that too and also so, you might like if the rewards aren't what you're looking for right yeah so I, I think that's an example of like it was a good idea, but didn't really like get implemented as as well as it could have. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Hopefully this is this it, is a it just depends, better, right? You but... know, like it'd be it'd be nice if if it didn't happen all the time. But then once mm-hmm. in a while there was one. If they were more of, you know, a little bit less dense, but a little bit more thoughtful with what these side quests are and where the game is trying to lead you, then I think that would be a recipe for success. Yeah, exactly. Know? Because it would be exciting. Like say you haven't seen a bird or a fox in like maybe eight hours of gameplay or so and you see one like oh my god yeah. like, i have to follow that it would be like a yeah an and, I, and i wonder surprise. too like there must be a lot of stuff like this game looks huge right like yeah like what I'm, I'm hoping that there's other things you can find that actually the game's not leading you to as well like even more secret like you know things that that you could come across even if it wasn't directing you there at all just for a reward for for being thorough yeah and i i think i think that's the case like it's especially like being that was the first thing they detailed in this in this state of play um is like the the world and the exploration i think that was sort of like a one of the building blocks that they they created that mm-hmm. they knew they wanted to have a heavy emphasis on for the game so or at least that's what stood out to me the most so yeah right my expectations going into the game and hopefully i'm i'm correct in assuming so is that there will be a, a good emphasis on the world and, and you yeah i get the impression that, that there is right what did you think of the combat i think i think the combat looks looks really fun it was really neat. Um, I, I sort of like how you have the almost like Dishonored kind of like two styles to play. You have the the sneaky the stealth ghost, ghost, ghost kills and then you have the like don't be an asshole, be an honorable samurai and like walk up and challenge everyone to yeah, duels. Right, right. Um, so that that's kind of neat and like hopefully... It's a cool combination. Yeah, I, I hope that you can actually do a bit of both and it doesn't sort of like lock you into are you a good guy or a bad guy like... Yeah, I don't. I didn't get the impression it was good or bad though. I think it just came down to like, what kind of samurai do you want to be? Right. You know, like I think yeah. you're going through the same story. I think I think it depends, like, just your play style. You right. Know? But I, I, though, I guess what I mean is like, I hope that like you can tr- do like a decent amount of both. Like yeah. in some games, like like an infamous kind of thing where it's like, oh, you pick the style, this one style, and you get like cool. You work your way up that skill tree. So then. You don't yeah, want you to don't do the other, the other one, yeah. side, so you kind of get stuck playing one way or the other. Whereas, like in this game, they both kind of look interesting to try to do simultaneously. Yeah. Like maybe depending on the situation, you'd pick one or the other instead of like oh, totally outlining I think, like, that I, as your I personally style. Think you'd want to mix both styles depending yeah. on the situation. But then I'm I'm sure there's other people too that would just be like, no, I'm playing stealth and I'm gonna mm-hmm. max out the stealth tree and not even worry about the combat. Yeah. But I think that customization is really key. And I, I didn't get the impression that you were kind of locked to one mm-hmm. one style. I think that would be a mistake, honestly, because every yeah, game I like agree. every game kind of of this vein these days is no is not locked to like one class. They're, they're very much like play this how you want, make your character your own, you know? And yeah, be, that's definitely it's kind of like intrinsic storytelling towards like your experience. Yeah, I, I think. think so. I think, and it's funny, I will maybe touch on this a little bit in the future, but um, definitely there's a very big emphasis on like player agency and freedom. So I, I think you're correct in saying that. Um, but yeah, the actual combat to me looks decent and very serviceable. Uh, it's very cinematic and it, it's fun to watch. That I, black and white mode. Wow, that looks nice. That is beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's the samurai cinema mode, which yeah, I yeah. love the, the phrasing of. Um, like, they were like every good samurai movie is in like these black and white iconic scenes or whatever. So we want to recreate it. Or I mean, they made like a pretty big deal of it. And it was almost yeah. like on the nose a little bit, but it was so it was, cool. Yeah, I almost like kind of cracked a smile and it was kind of goofy and like 
they, yeah, basically it's a black and white mode they've they've put in. You play the game in black and white to to sort of emulate. Is, like is it the whole game, like, or is it just certain combats? I, I think it's the whole game, and you can toggle it on or off. Mm. So like you could just put it on for a certain fight, or like yeah. I guess play the whole game that way. But like in the end, they did like the cinematic. They have like the hand on the on, yeah, the, sword, on the sword, like, like slightly unsheathing it, and it was yeah a little bit goofy, but. Um, yeah, it looks good. I, the combat reminded me a lot of like an Assassin's Creed kind of, yeah, totally. kind of sort of style. It looks like they've sort of modernized it a little bit more and, and maybe to put their own spin on it. But it did, really did remind me of that Arkham, like Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed kind of thing where like sort of auto targets the next one for you and like, yeah, you, you counter, you, you, counter you, gotta, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, as someone that's really into Dark Souls combat, I don't know, like if it, I think, would you, is that something you prefer? Like... I, I think it really depends on the game. Like I, as a general rule of thumb, I, I sort of maybe lean towards the more like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, like Sekiro kind of combat because that is like, that combat itself is a vehicle for the game and, and one of the actual like points of interest that, that make me immerse and want to play it. Whereas the combat in Ghost of Tsushima um, looks like something that is sort of like to service the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So like for me, this game is interesting me because of the world and it looks like a good story and I, I want to like explore and those are the things that stand out to me as like my main motivations for, for keeping an eye on this. Yeah. And the combat seems like something fun to facilitate the other aspects right, of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Whereas something like Dark Souls is like, it, it coincidentally like, also has all those other amazing things but the gameplay itself is like a main focus and i don't think one is better than the other it's just different just avenues of yeah right? just what you preferences think. and like just different aspects things you want to enjoy right like some games they're, they have puzzles instead of combat like you don't neither one is inherently better it just mm-hmm. depends on what that game sets out to do and how well they are able to execute that yeah so no, I'm with you. I think I think that's so true. But I, I think um like I really enjoyed Spider Man and I and I like mm. those kind of combat systems that they're done well. Like I know some of them it just depends on how how fun it is to watch in a way, you know? Like they're yeah. they're never they're never really that demanding. Like I remember I played Shadow of Mordor back on when that came out and that right. game was like you could just counter everyone so easily yes. and just kill everyone. Like it was it was almost mindless. So as long yeah. as it's not like that, I think I'm gonna Well be yeah, like the original Assassin's Creed, your best strategy yeah. was literally just to wait and parry and wait and parry and that's like That's right. That's right. I think we've come past that. So I, got I think so. I think the only issue that kind of combat runs into sometimes is it gets a little bit repetitive. Yeah. Um, well, because your strategy is to be passive if the, con- yes. the counter is so powerful, right? I didn't get that impression from watching this, though. This, no. this very much seemed like you were you were the aggressor or you're, you you know, you have a lot of agency in, in terms I of think stealth so. options. And it, yeah, like you said, it seems like you have so many different tools of ways to approach the fight as well. Like, I, I don't think that will maybe be like the thing that stands out to you as the reason to play the game. But I think it definitely won't. It doesn't look like it's going to hold it back. Yeah. And yeah, overall, I'm I'm definitely interested in this game. Um, if I don't see anything else, I think it's still a purchase for me. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, let's move along, Kate, shall we? Mm. Um, today, there was, if we're moving back from May 14th all the way to today, uh, May 27th, uh, just a couple short hours ago, we saw a extended look at uh, The Last of Us Part 2. Um, of course, we'd seen a bit on it before, but this is kind of the last big push before the game's released later next month. And I mean... Personally, as I know you haven't played the first one, but for me, like I didn't I didn't need to see this to to make me more excited or sell me on this game. Like I was getting it anyway. And I think that this is this is just icing on the cake for those that want to see more and just need to to like whet their appetite, you know, for for what it's going to be. And and personally, like I think this game looks like it's sticking really true to the roots of the gameplay of the first game, but just expanding and refining and adding a little bit more there for those that want to play a little bit differently or have a bit more. Um, I mean, we were just talking about player agency for Ghost of Tsushima and very much in this game, it seems like you've got a few more options this time of as far as how you want to go through each scenario and, and combat and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I would say that looks really, um, really promising. Yeah. And I'll, I agree for the most part. I, I might social suicide myself a little bit here. Um, so yeah, get, yeah, this, get, this is a friendly community, get ready man. with no those, one. get ready with that hate mail. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> um, but I, I will preface this by saying, I think the game looks fantastic. I think, I don't think I've seen a single thing. We need, we need to stop right there. This, this yeah. is so beautiful. And I, we've said that about a lot of games, I think recently on the show, like even Ghost of Tsushima, but yes. like this game, like the realism and the textures the, on everything is just mind blowing. The characters' faces 
is what strikes me the most in this like it actually reminded me a lot because they played at the very beginning before they got into any gameplay or some new footage it was some um bits of trailers that we've seen in the past and there's that like somber and like voiceover with like a few like regretful sorrowful lines or whatever they say and it reminded me a little bit of like red dead 2 trailers that had come out and with the same like kind of similar like landscapes and environments yeah it's like it's like like people talking over b-roll footage of the landscape or ellie like walking yeah exactly and like they they did some like close-ups of the characters faces and like the emotion that they were able to portray in that was like it's very very impressive like whatever they've done with the like facial animations in that game oh it's un it's unbelievable how mm-hmm. these this looks and you know like that i don't think the the presentation today obviously it's being streamed so it's not going to be the best quality like imagine getting mm-hmm. this on ps5 later this year like what's yes. that going to look like you know yeah i think it, i think it's going to be really special um but yeah my my one concern and i will co- uh, preface this by saying like the context is I haven't played the first game yet so my expectations of of what this game will be as well as what I'm expecting from the first game might just be wrong right like yeah. I'm trying my best to know as little as possible going into it because I want to experience course, it fresh course, right so I think everything they showed looks good but I have a slight concern um which ironically we're just talking about this about like the freedom of gameplay uh, aspect juxtaposed with the story focused nature of the game mm. so like and it's it's mostly it's a good thing but there is that massive emphasis right now in the gaming community to craft games that allow the player to experience at their own freedom um meaning you have like a multitude of ways to navigate the world and engage in conflict and like choose your own play style so Oftentimes, and, and when it's done well, that gives you a really good player agency. It's rewarding and it's immersive and it, you're like building the story as you play. But the downside to that style of game sometimes is it can come at the cost of the narrative, I think, at times. Especially when there's a character that's they have boundaries and they're limited because they're that specific character, right? Like yeah. maybe a character wouldn't use a certain type of weapon or they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't approach a situation a way that you want to as the player because like they are someone specific and they have like their own mm-hmm. morals and and like you know their own way of, of dealing with things so i think i i expected the first game and i could be wrong to maybe be a little bit more linear because you're experiencing their story you're not creating their story yeah and, and and sometimes I think this open world, like play your own way can kind of like make it difficult for the developers to to make you experience scenes in a certain way and like kind of like have you navigate the story as it's intended. So that's my only concern is like mm. I, I kind of compared it to like the original Bioshock, which is a linear game very story focused, but like you still get that sense of exploration and like you're engaging in the world, but like when you go through it, you go through these set pieces in the correct order because that's what drives the story forward. Yeah, and th- I mean, just to maybe set your expectations, like that's very much what The Last of Us is as well. Like it is not an right. open world game. Like you, the the open part you saw in the in the trailer today is very much, I think, like they give you more open arenas as far as combat. Like there's, mm-hmm. it'll be just a bigger space where you're fighting these enemies, whereas the the game still progresses you across a linear story. So right. So it's just that they're giving you more, um, at least in the the example we saw today, like they're giving you more ways to tackle the combat scenarios, or at least that's what I got out of it. Well, right, and and like yeah, if they if they get that right in terms of like the story doesn't kind of like get put on the back seat, then I think that's fantastic because you just get more fun gameplay options Mm -hmm. as a player and you still get to experience the amazing story um and i I think like i you'd said earlier um in our (laughs) (laughs) pre-show in our pre-show conversation um that like you think they're intentionally showing more gameplay than story because obviously like i mean i think they're very aware of the story spoilers that are out there and also they don't i don't think anyone that hasn't been spoiled is going to want to watch this and learn like you know, a major story point. Like that's yeah, why you want to play the game. Exactly. Right? Like that's, you want to be surprised as you're playing and you want to have those stakes set really high where you don't know like what's going to happen and nobody's safe. And I well, think, totally. and the last of us like really left at a point where you, you know, you, you wanted to know more back then. And, and now mm-hmm. you're, we're so close to getting a chance to going through this story and yeah. the next chapter. Right. Exactly. So I, I think, I think like the game is probably very safe and I, I expect it to be fantastic. Just going base, like, 
on that this one trailer from today Mm -hmm. it kind of gave an impression of like the story sort of taking a little bit of a backseat, which mm. I, I agree. Like, I don't think that's actually going to happen. And I think it's probably safe, but it did raise that tiny, easy, it's, it's a fair little criticism. bit of I mean, concern. It's, it's hard to, hard to know without having, you know, touched the game yeah. yet. Right. We will only know when we play it. Um, yeah, I think the, the only other thing I wanted to point out that was, um, we have maybe not said yet was that I really, the little bits they've added to the, the combat, I think are going to be very, It'll it'll give you a lot more options. Like that scene where she was kind of crawling through the Ellie was crawling through the gra- the grass with her bow, and like she was mm-hmm. laying like on her side, like prone stealth, hiding and like shooting people from the grass. Like that that is so cool to me. And and the mm-hmm. way that you can now like they'll be the infected along with the enemy humans at the same time, so you can kind of pit them against each other and and use them as almost like environmental help for yourself. I think that's something that wasn't really explored as much in the first game. And also in the first game too, my one of my only complaints with it was that there wasn't always a lot of enemy variety. Like mm-hmm. it was either the same couple varieties of infected guys for the most part or like bounty hunter kind of or rebel groups of, of people that were all just dudes with machine guns. Like it wasn't necessarily like extremely varied in terms of of like the enemies you're presented with. And this game, I think they they showed like a few different varieties of of the infected. And then also they there's those two um, human groups that they had outlined too. The, what, what were they? The They were both like religious cults or like some kind of, you know, extremist group that developed mm-hmm. out of this whole pandemic that had happened in the world. So I think one of them seemed to be very much like stealth focused and the other one maybe is a yes, bit more like let's get out our AK-47s and try and shoot everyone to death maybe. So I think there'll be some more um, varied enemy styles, which I think will be a nice breath of fresh air maybe. Because also I get the impression this is going to be a longer game than the first one also. Yeah, I think so. Like it it did seem like they were kind of expanding it and sort of taking what they did with the first one and like here's It's just a bigger more. version, right? And I think that's yeah. the best part is that they don't seem to have gotten rid of anything from the first one. They're just, they're just adding. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing as long as they don't add you know, there's always potential they'll add a mechanic that doesn't work as well or like maybe cheapens the experience like that when she swings on the rope. Uh, yeah, the the rope swinging is very much like that's definitely out of Uncharted 4. Like you can tell. Yes. Because, and I'll tell you, the rope swinging in Uncharted 4 was some of the worst part of that game, in my opinion. So like I really yeah, hope that they felt a little clunky. They've like learned their lesson on that one. And, and maybe it's like you'd hate to have like one mechanic that doesn't feel as good because everything else in this game, at least based on the first one, like it's so polished. Mm-hmm. And so like I have I mean, I have faith in them, right? They, this yeah, is like exactly. One of the premier franchises in, in gaming at this point. So like I, and especially Naughty Dog, like they don't miss very often right and or yeah. at all recently so so I yeah. mean uh, I couldn't really be more excited to be I'm honest excited. I can't wait to get this yes I'm excited I, I'm definitely definitely encouraged to go play the first one after watching yeah, this it's first. not that long you can get through it but I definitely will I, I gotta say one more thing I have to point out yeah. and this is just how incredibly gruesome the violence is like I was gonna say I'm shocked thing, like there weren't some like warnings at the beginning of the trailer or something because like yeah it was very very visceral and gruesome like some of the like the throat stab at one point and like the side stabs like it is not trying to be cinematic in the slightest it is just like pure cutthroat like cutthroat it's it's violent like it is though and she throws a molotov and like hits that dog oh my god dog whimper and like that was horrible shit man and you know the 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 funny thing about like not funny but but (laughs) I think a lot of games have violence that's similar to this, right? Like you, I mean, even we'll talk about Ghost of Tsushima again. Like you're going to be cutting several people's throats in that game, but the way that the the bodies fall and like the reactions that people have to getting attacked like this in The Last of Us, like like you almost could believe yourself that the motion capture people like actually got stabbed to have like a realistic reaction to this, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's so... What well, I would imagine, like, I've never seen someone get stabbed in the neck, but but like, and let, let's pray that I never do. But like, if I was to witness that, I feel like it would happen exactly like how this person reacted in The Last of Us. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of games, like they go like a little bit over the top, or like it's it's sort of like cartoony, it's not as or grounded, like right? yeah, like or there'll be like a blood splatter, or like something will will kind of like it doesn't give you that sense of like oh my god, did I just watch someone get stabbed? Yeah, and, it like, was actually. You, like it was interesting juxtaposed with like all oh, like she shot so many people in the head with her gun and you feel nothing but that that oh, stab I, she, I, felt, I felt something well, <laughs> like excitement for the game yeah. <laughs> meshed with like oh god right but like i don't know it didn't strike me as, as something being like you were so desensitized to it i yeah, guess yeah we are we really but are but like 
the, the stabs, like it was just, it was so felt so like personal and intimate when like mm-hmm. watching those and like, it made me like, I, I don't know how many times I see someone die in games and like you, you oh, think we, I mean, nothing you of count, it, for right? For video games, we've, we've witnessed thousands of deaths. Thousands point, of know? deaths, but like, These I don't ones know. hit different. They, they did. Really there, was, there was some kind of like quantifiable quality of it that like. I think, I think ugh. it just comes across as. I don't want to say the most grounded, but like it's it's very grounded. And mm-hmm. like and like if this was to be a real life scenario, this is how it would go down if she did this. Like, you know, it's it's a little bit less escapism and a little bit more realism yeah. within the world of a fantasy and like it a was, fictional setting. And it was so like this is just business too. Like yeah. it wasn't any like like drawn out like cinematic fight or like it was just like you have to die because i want to survive so yeah, like right. goodbye yeah and it was just like cold it was something else oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah i can't wait to do it though yeah <laughs> i can't wait to stab those innocent people <laughs> damn right i don't know if how As, innocent they are we'll have to I know. see the storyline just wanted to play her psb that's all she wanted Dude, that was a vita okay get it right, or a vita. That was a vita. that's right i think it was vita. actually I, I think i saw some comments online or something saying that like was, what it was game actually it was? Um, hotline like, miami that was yeah, playing on there i think something. hotline miami 2 is what i saw yeah that's yeah. super cool. I love that that's included. The cute little Easter What a cool egg, shout yeah. out, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that is the news for this week. So join us right after the break where we will get into a quiz. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're here for the third segment of today's show, and that means today I get to exact my revenge <laughs> by um, seeing if Kate can do well enough to pass this quiz I've designed for okay. today. Okay, all right, I'm ready. I've yeah, been ready. stretching. I've limbered up. Good, Let's good, go. <laughs> good. Okay, so um, it's actually really fitting you're wearing your Anne Orlando t-shirt today. I am. Um, because, I am. <laughs> because you're a big Dark Souls fan, a Souls mm-hmm. series that we mentioned actually earlier in the show that came up. So so you might say you enjoy fighting some tough bosses. I do. I do like I do like a challenge. Okay, well, hopefully this is a challenge for you. The quiz today, I've got 10 names prepared. Okay. And these names are either going to be a well-known difficult video game boss. Well, I shouldn't say well-known. They're... They're difficult video game bosses that show up on like, you know, this is the top, whatever, toughest boss of all time. Right, right. A boss of that nature. Or it could also be a K-pop idol. Oh, my God. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's a 50-50 at the very least. It's it's very easy. You just got to, I'm going to read you 10 names. Okay. And you're going to tell me if it's a video game boss. Or a K-pop idol. Okay, I am absolutely in love with this quiz already. Um, everyone, please play along at home and, and see how you do. <laughs> okay, well, uh, are you ready to get started? I am ready to get started. <clears throat> okay, and I will tell you that there's no no way that I've ordered these. It's not like right. alternating. It could be, it could be, it's also not like 50-50 or it might be 50-50. Like you, right. there's no I'm getting no reason. hints. I've literally just picked these names, okay? Okay. Number one, Kai Lang. Oh, God. Well, that's all of a sudden. It's both. There's going to be at least there, one of there these. There is nothing that's oh. both. I, I honestly <laughs> looked for one, but do you know how hard it but is it to find work. someone that's like both a K-pop idol okay. and also a video game boss? Like, it doesn't exist. Right. Okay. Could you could you pronounce that one more time for me? It is Kai Lang. I can Kai spell that for you Lang. if you like. Um, please do. Yeah. I'd like I'd like the, or, <laughs> the country of origin as well. Uh, and if you could use it in a sentence, please. I mean, Kai Lang is either a tough video game boss or a K-pop star. <laughs> that um, is correct. It, it is spelled K-A-I-L-E-N-G. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a video game boss because Kai Ling sounds masculine to me, and it's also a singular person. So while I don't recognize it, I think a K-pop group would either be like, I mean, there's there's probably okay, maybe this is maybe I'm just showing my lack of K-pop knowledge, but all the K-pop knowledge that I know, it's either a group or it's like a female artist. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there are probably tons of male K-pop artists that are like singular, but I don't know of any. So I'm going to say that it's a boss because it's a singular name. Okay. Okay. We'll okay. go over the scores at the end, by okay. the way. I'm keeping track. Sure. 
I love the insight, by the way. Please explain <laughs> your thought process. That's okay. what, that was my favorite thing about doing the other quiz. Right? So, like sometimes so, uh, you need to like bullshit your way to an yeah. answer. <laughs> For those that missed it, I think was it episode two or three, you gave me a quiz on um, right, whichever yeah. game Right, yeah. I gave from. you some some great PlayStation exclusives and with a with an amazing review. Uh, I think it's like the IGN like yeah. review for games that made it over like you know, the like best, a little snippet of what they read. And then read. like the worst user review I could find on Metacritic and you had to match Yeah, them. it was fun. But anyway, um, <laughs> check it out if you're interested. But let's move on to question two. Okay. The next name is Queen Zeal. Queen Zeal. Zeal. Z-E-A-L. Just like Zeal. Okay. Oh, that is really tough. You've gone for some very obscure yeah. references. I mean, I had to make it make it hard. Yes. As hard as I could. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's basically going to come down to, do I know this boss? <laughs> or like, I, like we'll see. I don't know. I, I know I know the League of Legends K-pop band. Yeah, well. <laughs> like, I'm really good with that one. I played them on Beat Saber. It was great. Um, Queen Zeal. I'm going to go that this is a K-pop artist. Okay. K-pop artist. We got one boss, one K-pop artist. Mm-hmm. Number three, and my personal favorite on the list. Okay. Keith Ape. Keith Ape. <laughs> Ape, like, as in, like, yeah, a, just what a it is. Gorilla. Keith Ape. Keith Ape. Okay, so I can apply my logic from the first answer to this being that it's a male name. But I really have this weird intuition that Keith Ape would be like a K-pop guy and like yeah, yeah. maybe he has some sort of like weird jungle theme to him. Yep. Um, monkeys are, are like kind of common, notable animal bosses there in games a, a though. Monkeys, like right? there are quite a few, a few monkeys in games. Um, so, hmm. I really hate that I'm so stuck in the middle <laughs> on this. I just want to find one that I nail. Um, I'm gonna say Keith Ape is is K-pop because I think it's funnier if it's if it it's that, if that's correct. Okay, okay, yes. fair enough. So uh, we had Queen Zeal before. This one number four is Zelo, Z E L O. This is this is so dumb. Um, this is <laughs> so incredible. This really is stupid. Isn't this it? is so hard. <laughs> this is so incredibly Look, we hard. We just thought we had a couple big games to talk about earlier. We had a couple big PlayStation announcements to talk about in the second segment. So yeah, why not what do like fun this what time, like right? five dollar bin did you find these games from? <laughs> <laughs> hey, some of them are like reputable games. I'll tell you where. Yeah, from. I bet. I feel like some of these are going to make me feel really dumb in the end. But I'm, I'm going to say Zelo is is a K-pop band. I think. All right. I think yeah. All right. Um, next up. Goro. Oh, Goro. Well, okay. Maybe I've just played too much Persona <laughs> because Goro Akachi is one of the oh, characters. Oh, no, no, no. Names. I would have said Akachi for that. Yeah, yeah. I know you would have said Akachi, yeah. but I, I think Goro oh, is a yeah. is a video game boss. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Brave Brothers, number six. Brave Brothers. That sounds like a boss for sure. Okay, boss. It's got that, yeah, boss alliteration. I think I could see that popping okay. up in an RPG. It's very certain about that one, I see. Yeah. You got to be confident. Just fake it till you make it. <laughs> Uh, number seven, MC Sniper. Hmm, that one sounds weirdly familiar, but I don't, don't, I think that, that sounds like a JRPG boss. Okay. Yeah, boss. Uh, number eight, Pandemonium Warden. Oh, I love that so much. That sounds like it could come straight out of a Persona game. So I, I think that, I think you pulled that from like, you might have even just been playing Persona 4 and like I will came tell you it's that. not from Persona. Well, I'm still going to say game because game. that was my original thought before you, you gave me a clue. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got two more left. Number nine, Jinpachi. Oh, that sounds really... That's a game for sure. That sounds very familiar. Okay. Number mm-hmm. 10 and finally, we have Yellow Devil. That also sounds like it came out of Persona. I'd like to point out that none of these are actually from Dark Souls. My shirt did not well, help I in this slide. I couldn't pick Dark Souls. I was <laughs> inspired. Yeah, I would have obviously, yeah. Um, if I picked Dark Souls bosses, you would have got them all right. Yeah, I think Yellow Devil Yellow Devil sounds more like a boss to me, but I, I've picked not enough K-pop. So we're going to go K-pop on that one. K-pop, okay. Process mm-hmm. of elimination, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready to see how you did? No, but tell me. Okay. So number one, um, uh-huh. Kai Lang. You said was a video game boss. Uh-huh. 
And it is a video yes. game boss. Okay. Kai Ling is a boss from Mass Effect 3. Ah, yeah, I think okay. you fight him a couple times and the last boss. Okay, a that bit. sounds right. I, yeah. I played some of the first game of Mass Effect, so I never made, right, it, yeah, yeah. made it to Kai Ling. Yeah, okay. Uh, number two, Queen Zeal, you said is a K-pop mm-hmm. singer, um, is actually a boss in Chrono Trigger. Oh, okay. So, um, okay. tough one on that one. Yeah, you uh, win some, you lose some. <laughs> number three, Keith Ape, you said K-pop singer. Uh-huh. Keith Ape is, in fact, a K-pop oh. idol. And I have, for all the K-pop idols, I have one fun fact about them for us okay. to learn. Wonderful. Keith Ape um, had some legal trouble for using <laughs> racist lyrics. <laughs> so oh, no. I, I hope he's recovered from such a problem and oh. has amended himself and, Keith, and whatever. What but uh, Keith, we don't condone racism on the show, so I hope you've smartened up. <laughs> um, number four, <laughs> Zelo. Um, you said K-pop idol, and that Zelo is in fact a K-pop yeah. idol. Yes. Uh, Zelo is a former member of the quote Korean boy group end quote BAP. Oh, good old BAP, good of old course. Bap. Yeah, big course. BAP fan. Big BAP fan. <laughs> <laughs> we BAPing all day over here. Um, Goro, you said K-pop. No, no, I said you game say boss. For Goro. You said boss. Oh, I sorry, my say. mistake. You said yeah. boss. Um, you're in fact correct. Goro yes. is the um, second to last boss in Mortal Kombat 2. Yes, that's right. He's the, the one with all the arms, arms that's right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, I knew he sounded really familiar. Yeah, I thought you might have got it, but you know, I got to throw some of yeah, easier he's ones the, there. Yeah, he's the forearm. Like, mm-hmm. he's brown, right? And he's that's got, right. Like, yeah, beard. he wears like the weird leather straps, yeah. I think. And has like a man ponytail Yeah, thing. he's got that big man bun. Whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, he looks yeah. good. That's Goro. Um, so next up, we have number six, Brave Brothers. Mm-hmm. You said that is a boss from a video game. Yes. Um, that is, in fact, a K-pop idol. Oh, yes. And the interesting fact about they- Brave Brothers is he's actually only one guy. Oh, he's not, he's not two <laughs> He's not people. two guys. <laughs> he's one guy. He's one guy. Why is his name Brave Brothers? I don't know, but... Maybe maybe us as the audience is like his brother. Like, I like <laughs> he's it. He's like one it. guy. That's amazing. Um, number seven. MC Sniper. I thought mm-hmm. I this is a K-pop idol as well, which is okay. you said a boss. I honestly thought I threw this one in because I thought it sounded like some Metal Gear. Yeah, guy right. Like or it, something. it sounds like some kind of like yeah, like, like tech. Have you'd be like some kind of like warehouse type arena. That's exactly like, what I thought. You'd too. maybe have to have a stealth element to it or something. That's right. But MC Sniper, like I said, is in fact a K-pop idol okay. who is known for controversial lyrics about mainstream society. All right. Well, at least so he's not racist. He's not racist. No, I think he just has some like, you know, right. he's just straight little... up shit to say about society. So. Yeah. Maybe the, some hard truths that some, we yeah, just, we're not so. ready to hear yet. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, number eight, Pandemonium Warden. You said is a video game boss. Mm-hmm. Completely correct. Honestly, yes. this just came up on the list and I was and I was like, this is such a ridiculous name that you might uh. just think it's some like K-pop thing. But no, it's a video game boss. Um, it's one of the um, bosses from Final Fantasy XI, which is the MMO. Oh, and this, okay. this boss, I think, um, was patched. I was reading about this. I found this really interesting. The boss was apparently patched after it came into the game because the it had like 20 phases and... It was like a raid boss or something. Okay. It had like 20 phases and some of them took over an hour to complete. Wow. So apparently this was just like the most ridiculously tough thing because it was like a physical endurance to play. Wow, that's intense. Yeah, it's like almost the length of like going to one of these K-pop artist yeah. concerts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we got two left. Jinpachi number nine, you said was a boss and you're in fact correct. Mm-hmm. Um, that was from Tekken 5, which I think you're familiar with Tekken actually. So that okay. actually might be a pretty bad yeah. choice. You know what? It's it's something like I I've watched a lot of like especially Mortal Kombat and Tekken and those sort of like Street Fighter and those fighting games. I've watched a lot of and like mm-hmm. follow Evo and like kind of familiar with the competitive scene, um, just due to having some proximity to it in the past. But yeah. I don't I don't really play any of them, so like, that sounded familiar and and but I just I I couldn't was. place it. But it good was. enough that my subconscious knew. There you go. And finally, the Yellow Devil. Uh huh. You said K-pop band. This is, in fact, that yellow guy from Mega Man who's oh. in the Smash Bros. stage who, like, the blocks go across. Oh, that's his name. He's the yellow devil, yeah. Oh, damn. I, I feel like this is the one where I feel bad about having 
Yeah, Gone he's probably one of the ones you'd recognize the most out of the boxes, yeah, but like, no one ever can, brings his name up, I can right? picture, I mean, we, we play Omega on that stage because fuck fighting the Yellow Devil. Right, and you've never played right? Mega Man 1, like neither have I, yeah. so that's the only way you'd know. Apparently, like, I watched footage of people fighting this guy, though, and this looks like one of the most bullshit <laughs> boss fights ever. Like, you should actually look it up, anyone okay. that's not seen it, because this looks crazy. And I thought, like, Yellow Devil, you know, like, this could be, like, a K-pop name, like a stage name, so why not yeah. throw it in there? So let's see, you got one... It's got to be at least more than that. (laughs) Yeah. One, two, three, four, mm, five, six. Six out of ten. Hey, that's pretty good. That's not bad. That's much better than I did. (laughs) I'll take it. I'm actually impressed that I got that many considering how many felt like Well, considering you're you're almost uh, (laughs) zero knowledge on K-pop bands. And uh, unless you have something you're not telling everyone. (laughs) I just have a I have a K-pop intuition. Listen, I'm I suppose. Not, like, all jokes aside, like some K-pop is really catchy. Like I put on a Spotify playlist one time, just driving. We're like, you know what? Let's just listen to some K-pop. And like, man, some of it's like hell yeah, I'm listening to K-pop. Some of it's yeah. Some of it's like legitimately like pretty decent. Like we I watched recently. Like we were just going through music videos, just like if something to have on in the background. Well, I don't know. We're playing a game or doing something mm-hmm. else. But that um Gangnam Style oh, song sigh. came came yeah. on, and like obviously like it it just sort of blew up, and like nobody cares about it anymore but we're listening like you know aside from the music video being kind of silly it's actually it like catchy, kind of man. like a decent song like yeah, I, yeah Sai I was actually on bit. the list I, he was one of the k-pop guys i was like man should i put Sai on here but he was the one k-pop idol i was like you know what you're gonna know him if i say yeah. if i say that just because of how prevalent that song was but i mean yeah that song was great yeah it was good Jeez. well uh, hopefully you follow along with the quiz if you did let us know how well how well you did and if you had any really dumb justifications for any yeah, of your answers. That's what we want to know. If you if you let us know the reasoning of why you picked it, that's yeah, what the most important absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Or if you have any K-pop bands to suggest to us, uh, we are more than happy to listen to and, and provide feedback. Um, but maybe <laughs> maybe try to stay away from the racist ones. We yeah, don't we really don't want, want to condone that, that too much. Show, <laughs> Although I'll be honest, he's probably the one I'm going to go look up right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed the show, please go check us out all over the Internet. We are on any podcast service. Uh, we're also on Twitter at CNDS Podcast. That's at C-A-N-D-S Pod. Um, and you can also find us um, on our email account, which is at circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com, where you can let us know your K-pop answers. So um, until next time, thank you again very much for listening, and we'll see you all again in two weeks' time for more PlayStation Talk. The intro and outro music for Circles and Squares was produced by friend of the show Matthew Chan. Interlude music is from Scott Gratton of the Free Music Archive. Our channel art was created by at Unreasonable on Twitter. And our brother Alex is the designer of the Circles and Squares logo. Thank you all for listening and supporting the show.